Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. I'm Isla Garcia, Master's Degree of Nutrition Science and Registered Dietitian, and I'm going to make weight loss realistic, sustainable, and uncomplicated for your busy lifestyle. On this podcast, me and my team of registered dietitians will decipher the latest nutrition research, dissect fad diets, and discuss social media trends for you so you can feel confident knowing what to eat to achieve your health goals. Research suggests that most weight loss programs aren't successful, but my experience has taught me that this is not because the participants aren't committed. It's because those diets are designed by non-nutrition professionals and center around severe restrictions. We are here to provide the facts about the science of weight loss so you can have the success you want and continue living your best life. Are you wanting to lose weight but just don't know who to really seek for help? You want somebody to help you one-on-one, but there's so many different options out there. You could work with a trainer, you could work with an influencer or a nutrition coach or even a doctor for your weight loss. It seems like everybody out there has their own weight loss plan and solution, right? Well, which one do you choose? We're going to get into that today. As a registered dietitian, of course, I recommend working with a registered dietitian as your weight loss coach, and we're going to talk about why I think this and why I recommend this for you as well. So first, I want to tell you a little bit about what a registered dietitian even is, what is the training that we have to go through, what makes us so special compared to everybody else, and why I think that we would be the best solution for you, you know, speaking as a whole for registered dietitians. And then also, why are you going to get better results with a registered dietitian compared to somebody else? Like, why do our clients tend to have better results with us? And why should you be seeking a dietitian out for your weight loss compared to somebody who's not a registered dietitian? So let's get into it. What even is a registered dietitian? Now, I don't use this title too often because I know that nobody really knows what that means. I use more so the title nutritionist, which I really shouldn't be using all that much because I know that anybody can claim that they're a nutritionist, but I definitely am a registered dietitian and all the coaches on our team are registered dietitians. I wouldn't feel comfortable having anyone coach another person in weight loss unless they're a registered dietitian and definitely wouldn't want to slap the seal of approval of the Millennial Nutritionist brand on anybody who's not. So kind of starting from scratch, how are we educated? So to be a registered dietitian, you have to go through so much education and schooling. And so first we have to go through a bachelor's degree in nutrition science, and they have to be from an accredited university. So there are multiple other schools that offer just kind of a plain old nutrition degree, but we even have to go a step further and get one from an accredited body. And there are a bunch of really obscure schools that offer them. Honestly, not even a lot of the big schools offer this like super specialized nutrition science degree. And why it has to be from this like accredited overall national body that approves your school that offers this degree is because dietitians have to know so much about nutrition and how it plays out into the human body and to how we teach it. So not only do we have to understand the science, we also have to understand how it plays out in your psyche, how it plays out clinically, and then how to actually teach people. And so all those components have to be tied into a nutrition education program when you're getting your bachelor's degree. It can't just straight up be you know, why is broccoli good for you? How do we use research to see that? Like it has to be all those components together so we can kind of actually be like a, a, like a living, breathing body that tells people about this information. 
in that degree, we have to have so many science classes. We have to take anatomy, biology, chemistry, biochemistry. We have to take all of these classes because we have to understand from the moment food enters your mouth, how does it break down physically? Like where does it actually go in your body? And then chemically, how do all of those macros that we talk about all the time, protein, carbohydrates, alcohol, how does all of that break down into your body? And then what happens to your different parts of your body and how it affects and then how does it ultimately give you energy and then of course from there we learn what happens when somebody for example maybe has stomach cancer and doesn't have a stomach so where does the food go so that's where we really really have to learn all of that information so we know so much about science and the human body and how food really breaks down so that we're able to be really good counselors and think way outside the box about knowing this is what normally happens this may not be working for somebody so how are we going to get this in another way We also have to know a lot about psychology. We have to, or at least my program, maybe take psych and abnormal psych, which going all the way back to gen ed classes, you have to learn about all those psychiatric disorders. um, And that's where I kind of got like eating disorder training in there, but also just understanding so much about what depression actually looks like, what anxiety actually looks like, which really helps me today when I have clients that have those because all of those are so interwoven into why somebody may not be able to lose weight, right? So somebody who's not a registered dietitian who may have not had to have that formal training in those classes that may not seem super related may not understand, hey, I understand that there's a chemical imbalance in you if you have depression that may make you feel like you cannot get out of bed to go prepare your meals. And so when I have clients like that, I just tell them, you know, in this moment, if you're having an episode, we're going to stock up on tons of protein shakes and you're going to just drink like five protein shakes a day until we can get you kind of all straightened out until you're in a better place where you maybe can get back to cooking. But we have to know so much about how food plays into how you're mentally healthy to be able to be good counselors to people. We have to understand statistics and read research studies because where do we even get the information that we use to counsel? We get that from nutrition studies. We can't just kind of take information that we've learned from one person or ourselves and then decide to apply that to every single person. We have to look at what research says and really broad research, not just even one specific study to determine how are we actually gonna treat a person. And so that's why we have to take tons of statistics class to be able to interpret that information on our own. And then finally, a lot of our, of course, we have to take tons and tons of nutrition classes as well on top of all of those other things. So nutrition through the life cycle, all the way from when you're a baby to when you're dying, like what are different forms of interventions that comes along with that? Because, you know, you eat from the moment that you are born until you're on your deathbed and there are different ways of eating that help with those different phases of life that we have to know about. So when I have a client that becomes pregnant when they are working with me, not that I think that I'm a specialist in working with pregnant women, but I at least know, hey, I remember from that class, you're not supposed to be gaining really any weight in the first trimester, and then you're supposed to be gaining this much weight if you have this BMI in the second trimester, and this is what calories you're going to look like, because it's definitely not the same for everyone. It's definitely not the same if you just became pregnant. And we have to take tons of classes on the science of nutrition. So metabolism is a huge class. It's a year-long class that we have to take all about, like I was saying, how food breaks down within your body and how does it play out within your body and then learn about inborn errors of metabolism. So I'm not really talking about metabolism in the form that we talk about it in weight loss, like if your metabolism increase or decrease, because metabolism 
really means the full sum of every single chemical reaction in your body. And so we have to memorize all those reactions and how carbohydrates go into those reactions and how fat breaks down and may reformulate into a carbohydrate if your body needs it or what is ketosis actually means. Because we had to learn about ketosis way before um, the keto diet was a thing and then it's kind of crazy that it's come about um, and understanding, yeah, like your body does go into ketosis, especially when it's starving because that's what we kind of learned back in the day. So we have to understand all that information and then be able to break it down to a very understandable way. We kind of learned in school, and I hope this really isn't offensive for anyone, that in order to teach nutrition, you've really got to break it down on a third grade level. And so dietitians know all this super high level of information when it comes to science and research and math and all of these things. Um, but we can't just go around using all of those words because nobody's going to know what we're talking about. And so we have to also take classes in understanding how to break that information down and teach it to people. And so break that down on a very easy to understand third grade level of nutrition so that people actually will follow what we have to say. I heard once in a seminar, and I think this is so true, that the art of being a dietitian is taking higher level information about science and research once it comes to nutrition and weight loss or weight gain or whatever it is, and translating that into everyday words that people can really understand. And so instead of telling you, hey, when your metabolism is low, all of these processes are like really slowing down and you're probably like now burning off of ketones and your brain is switching over to a different neural pathway, instead I just say, hey, we gotta get you eating a little bit more and this is all gonna be fixed. You know, so I we have all that information in our head, but we have to be able to translate that so people actually will do what we're saying. There's not a whole lot of other professions out there that really take that huge higher body information and then take it down just for teaching. I think a lot of other medical professions have to do this in a way, but so much of nutrition is teaching people. It's just like orally talking to people. We're not, you know, manipulating people. We're not giving them shots. We're not giving them medication that just solves it. What we solve is through our words. And so we have to understand how to break that information down for people to really get. Do you feel like you're tired of trying every new diet out there whenever you're ready to lose weight, but you never really find long-term success because it's either too restrictive or just not conducive to your lifestyle? Well, then let me tell you about our three-month lifestyle reset program. This is an individualized weight loss approach where you'll be going through our proven six-step method and you'll be led by a registered dietitian. By becoming a client of the program, you'll be able to learn how to control your weight, increase your energy and confidence, and also improve your overall well-being. Not to be dramatic, but a lot of clients tell us that they actually change their lives by going through the program and finally find a sustainable weight loss solution when they actually haven't found that with any other program. If you are interested in becoming a client, sign up for a discovery call on our website, themillennialnutritionist.com with me, Isla Garcia, and I'll help match you with one of our registered dietitian coaches based off of your challenges and their nutrition expertise. If you're ready to find a sustainable weight loss solution in a non-judgmental and encouraging environment, I hope you'll connect with us soon. So we've gone through our bachelor's degree. Next step is a master's degree for most dietitians. Now I graduated, I don't know, about like 
five years ago for my bachelor's degree. And at that time, um, they keep playing around, our, our accrediting body keeps playing around with the idea of making all dietitians have to get a master's degree. And so there's a lot of dietitians now who are just going ahead and doing it because they're saying that a lot of people are gonna have to go end up going back to school. So I decided to go and get my master's degree so that I didn't have to go back to school, I could just kind of go straight through it. So from bachelor's to master's degree. And so my master's degree is actually in food studies. They're not super, super specific on what your master's degree has to be in right now, but most people are going ahead and getting that second degree in nutrition as well because it's just so natural. And so in that master's degree, what I learned about was research methods. So yes, I took like a preliminary research methods in undergrad and then in grad school, having to go a little bit deeper and actually look at what their problems in research methods. How can we tell if a good study is a good study or if it's not? How can we, if a client comes to us and says, hey, I heard that, you know, charcoal is good for weight loss. I'm not gonna just say, no, that's ridiculous. I'm gonna say, okay, let me like look at some studies. And when I see that there are no studies or maybe there's a study about a cell that responded good with um, black charcoal, I'm gonna say, okay, well, this actually didn't have any implications in real life, even though it improved one cell in a Petri dish, it really didn't play out in an actual person. So that's not really advice worth listening to. We also learn a lot about the basics of foods. So I took a lot of classes on like cultural foods and food policy. So not even thinking about straight up weight loss, but more so thinking in a greater sense, how do we even get the recommendations that we get now? And so in cultural foods, a lot of it comes from looking at different parts of the world and how do they celebrate food differently and learning that each culture has their own staple carbohydrate and how are we going to celebrate that when we get clients and be able to respect that and not tell them okay you have to change what you're eating to basically match this like standard american diet that i eat every day but instead knowing how to be able to help somebody no matter what their culture or background is which i find super super helpful when i have clients that are maybe from places that i don't really know their cultural foods all that well i can really tap into that knowledge and know hey it's okay if you eat you know, a mostly Middle Eastern diet. I know that this is maybe kind of what that looks like and and or I can kind of research what that looks like because I know it's different from this other specific region and really help people in that way. We also have to take a lot of classes on food policy. So the very recommendations that we get, the my plate that I talked about all the time, that came from the government. How did they get there? What research did they, did they look at? Are there parts that we actually don't agree with as registered dietitians because we didn't come up with that? Which there are parts, and I can get into a whole other podcast episode just about that. Um, but just to say that we, the whole time we are learning, we're really being taught how to critically think of information and not just take in anything that's given to us and say like, oh, that sounds good, that sounds logical, great. No, really critically thinking, is this going to work for my client? Because if we get something that may have been influenced by a milk lobbyist, then maybe I shouldn't be recommending that because there's kind of a different backstory. But on the same flip, you know, the whole GMO debate and organic foods, kind of like where does that come from within food policy and how should that play out for my client? The last example of a class that is super, super interesting is supplementation regulations. This also kind of ties into those food policies. And so how do we know how supplements are regulated? Are they regulated at all? What should we be recommending? Should we be recommending nothing? We go to factories and look how they are regulated. We go to farms and look at how are they pulled up from the ground. 
all of these different things that have such a huge, broad knowledge base on nutrition and then boiling all of that down into 30-minute sessions for my clients is why having all of that background of education is so, so important so I can just give my client exactly what they need and what's applicable just to them for their interventions. So after completing this master's degree, we next have to go on to completing an internship. So it's kind of like a medical residency in a way. Um, We are not paid to do this. We have to actually pay. It's kind of like an extra year of almost like apprenticeship type of thing as well, um, where we are trained by different dietitians for a couple of months out of a, a, like three months out of a year, like three months, three months, three months. And we are trained by registered dietitians to kind of like be a registered dietitian at the end of a year. So not even after our education are we ready, we actually have to go through this whole other formal field training for another year. And within that internship, you have to do a couple of months in clinical. So every dietitian has a basis understanding of hospital life and what it looks like when you don't take care of yourself nutritionally and how that ends up for you. What kidney disease looks like, what heart disease looks like, what it looks like when you have a heart attack in 30 and how does that play out for the rest of your life? What does it look like when you get shot in the kidneys and you don't have those anymore and how are we gonna feed you and make sure to filter out your blood? And all of those super complex nutritional problems, dietitians have a good basis in, which helps me to be more passionate, to be a little bit more on the preventative end so you don't end up there. But we understand the gravity of the nutrition recommendations that we're giving to clients. Then we go into a little rotation in food service, um, which always seems super, super random, but we do have to intern in cafeterias to even understand like why do we, why do school cafeterias sell the foods that they sell? Well, you know, they're a business and they have to make profit too. And unfortunately, a lot more people buy tater tots compared to um, like a fruit cup and understanding like on the business end, kind of how does that work for food service? And then on a higher level, like how do people or customers get influenced to buy what they buy in those situations? We have to take what we call like outpatient rotations as well. So something like I do would be like an outpatient rotation. So if you ever see an intern with me, they're kind of doing that rotation with me where we're actually just sitting down and educating people all day long or even working in a WIC office. I think that's also a very um, common recommendation for interns to work in WIC, which if you don't know is women, infants, and children. So people who need some assistance, mothers who need assistance for their newborns get a little bit of nutrition counseling along with some supplemental help to feed their child. So understanding all of that in an internship really, really helps to honestly humble dietitians in a way. For me, as I kind of went through this whole time, I went into my undergrad degree and was really naive. I was more so on the like uh, influencery end when I first got to school and was really into like the alkaline diet and trying vegan for a little bit and pretty much only eating like leaves and stuff like that because it just honestly made me feel better. I didn't really need to lose weight when I was younger, but I just liked the way it made me feel. And then I went into these classes and kind of felt like beaten down a little bit each time learning. Like there's really not a lot of research that backs the alkaline diet, so you don't really need to follow it and definitely don't be recommending that to people. And in in each class we learn especially what it looks like to live in a low income area and what they can afford and what recommendations we're gonna give because ultimately that's the biggest population of people that need nutrition help because they don't have access to a lot of healthy foods. And so really the whole time I was just learning how to make my recommendations so much more realistic. Like with each class, it's like, 
oh, that's the way that is. And so my recommendation doesn't need to be eat the organic apple from Whole Foods. It's honestly fine if you eat your son's applesauce squeezy packet because it all breaks down the same way in your body. And so the whole time it's just making dietitians be a lot more realistic in their recommendations because we know at the heart of it what's going to work. So after we complete that long internship, next we go through and have to take an exam. So you have to study for a couple of months, take your licensing exam. Once you pass it, you then can apply for a licensure. So each state has a little bit different rules for how you get licensed. And the license really protects the, I think it protects the consumer a little bit more. So it protects you because that ensures that I am a registered dietitian. I have this training. And then in order to keep the licensure, I have to keep up with continuing education credits. So I think most professions have this, where you, with a license, have this, where you have to go through so many classes every year. Education is never done. You have to go through so many classes and then make sure that you're up to date all the recommendations. Because even from when I was in school, some of the recommendations have changed based off of different studies that have come out. And so one example is how we deal with cholesterol. I feel like this is like a never ending battle is how are we gonna solve high cholesterol? And it used to be the recommendation is don't eat cholesterol because that makes your cholesterol higher. Where since I've been in school, new research has come out that says that that actually isn't a thing. What needs to happen instead is you need to exercise, eat more unsaturated fat and eat more fiber, which has a much better intervention for high cholesterol, which is why people used to say, don't eat eggs. Now they're saying, now eggs yolks don't matter and that's kind of how we get into this predicament. So after continuing all those continuing education credits and all of those things, we also have to keep the licensure. So we have to keep updated on that. And we are at jeopardy of getting that taken away if we give out unethical information or information that is harmful. So dietitians are held to a much higher standard. We are held accountable by an ethics board. And if we are giving out unethical solutions, somebody can tell on us and we cannot be dietitians anymore. So we have to make sure we're following these rules. And all of this to say that dietitians work so, so hard for the license that they have had. A lot of people put, I mean, I put seven years into my training to be able to finally practice which just makes me such a better coach for you compared to somebody who has not gone through that comprehensive education program. And I also have to keep on my toes about it. I can't get relaxed. I have to always make sure I'm, I'm following by the book. I have to make sure sometimes pass on sales because what somebody's wanting is a little bit unethical and I can't provide that to them as a dietitian or I can get my license taken away. I can't really provide a lot of sponsorships because I can't be recommending products that don't have a good solid and um, research-backed promise. And so all these things just make you be more successful because I'm going to be a better coach for you. Okay, so now that you know all about what a registered dietitian is and like how they go through that whole process and everything and how they're so dedicated to their craft, how is a registered dietitian going to get you better results? Why is this even important for you to know at all? So first, since we have to know so much about how research is conducted, our recommendations are coming from broad research. They're not just coming from one study or one rat study. They honestly have to be a little bit more like research analyses. So they have to come from multiple different studies. Studies have to show the same thing repeated over and over again. And a lot of our studies actually come from these really cool lifespan studies where they've looked at people for like 50 plus years and kind of seen, you know, when they ate this 20 years ago, how did it play out later on? Because the hard thing with nutrition is sometimes 
what you eat like 10 years ago, it can now show up as something that was unhealthy, which is where we get these kind of like crazy cholesterol change recommendations from stuff like that. Which just means for you that a weight loss plan for you from a registered dietitian is going to be so much more individualized and accurate because it's going to be pulled from these large bodies of research instead of just saying, hey, this is what worked for me, so you should try it too. Hey, for me, what worked was making sure I cook all my meals from scratch, make sure I go to sleep on time, and make sure I don't you know, see too many friends because that's what worked for me. And then you should do that too. No, it's like, okay, so you are more social than me. So you don't really like to cook all that much. Okay, well, research says that eating protein, no matter where it's from, is going to be the same. So it's fine if you don't home cook all your meals. And that's kind of how that can play out for you. So if you visited somebody before and they say, you know, this is what worked for me. So just follow this and it's going to work for you too. It's really not going to work because everybody is so different. And dietitians are different because we understand that from research. We actually know how to read research articles and respond. So a lot of clients ask me different things like, hey, I saw this on TikTok. Hey, you know, what do you think about intermittent fasting? I get that all the time in discovery calls. And I just say, hey, this is what the research says. It doesn't even matter what my opinion is. It matters, you know, research suggests that the reason that people lose weight is because they are only eating in a certain amount of time. And so if we just take, I mean, because they're limiting the calories that they eat outside of other windows, we can still limit calories, but you don't have to do it in a time frame that maybe not work for your lifestyle. And so instead of just saying, no, I don't really like doing that, you know, if research says there's nothing harmful with it, then I'm not going to keep a client from doing it because that's what research says. And so that's how a dietitian is going to make a program a little bit more individualized for you. Through learning, we know that not one size fits all. So we learn a lot about how genetics plays a factor and how your body loses fat. We understand that anxiety and depression have a huge consequence on how you maybe metabolize things or how maybe you're gonna be a little bit lower motivated or how you may be more stressed about calorie tracking. And so we can individualize these plans based on that. Or we can say, hey, you're not losing weight. We may need to change our plan and increase your metabolism instead. But we just know that just because your body really isn't responding to our initial plan doesn't mean that anything's wrong with you or that you're lazy or you're not doing something right. It just means that we may need to change it a little bit because we know that there's so many different factors at play with every single person and people are not the same, so we can't take the same exact plan and do everything. For our program at The Millennial Nutritionist, we have a basic framework. We have six steps that we work people through that are actually super, super flexible for what that can look like for each person depending on their background. And so we use these basic principles and apply them to what is not working because we know everybody has different problems. And so, for example, you know, like I was saying, let's say I have a client who loves to cook and a client who hates to cook. They both can be so successful because I understand that food in its basic form doesn't matter if it's cooked or not. If I have a client that hates cooking, as long as they're okay with eating a lot of like raw produce and maybe doing some takeout that's lower calorie, they're going to be just as successful as somebody who loves to cook. And they're actually both going to have their own separate problems. The person who loves to cook doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to do better because that might mean that they have a higher emotional response to food. Maybe they do that because they love to self-soothe or that's their hobby, which actually trickles into all components of their life. And so that's the reason that they overeat, which is very different from the person who doesn't like to cook, who has a whole nother set of problems. For an example, 
one time I had this client and she loved to cook. She loved food. Food was her whole entire life. She used to actually be a chef and then she stopped with COVID and then just kind of stayed at home to support her husband. And so for her, something we had to work on is it's great that she loved to cook. That helped her to have a little bit understanding, better understanding about food. But like I said, her hobbies were all about food and cooking. Her The way she celebrated, the way she had fun was all about food. And so she would get so nervous that, you know, well, what if I want to go out to eat and have like an 1800 calorie meal? We would use nutrition to say, hey, what if you kind of split those calories up, ate a little bit more during the day, and then that way when you went into a meal, you're not even going to want to eat 1800 calories. So we had to focus on a lifestyle that still celebrated food in the best way that it could. We had to focus on a little bit of lower calorie recipes that she could make and really adding in tons and tons of fruits and vegetables so she could still eat a lot of food but have lower calories. And so that's an example of just because somebody you know loves cooking or is a very different type of person from the example who doesn't like cooking, they're still gonna have their own set of problems that we can resolve in both ways. A dietitian is also gonna be able to identify if something else is going on so that they can help what you need and know how to act. One of these seminars that I went to that was a continuing education credit that really helped the way that I thought about this was a dietitian who actually worked in eating disorders and she said something that's always stuck with me is that there are different eating disorders that kind of come out all the time. At the time it was a seminar about orthorexia and there's not a whole lot of diagnosis that goes along with that or at least there wasn't at the time when I went to that seminar but she said that a dietitian's job is to understand when something is not okay with food and nutrition. Like when something is a little bit beyond our scope. And so what that means is when I have a client who says something like, well, I don't care if, I don't care that I'm losing weight, I'm gonna lose more and I'm still not happy. I'm starting to say, okay, you know, something is a little bit off here. The nutrition really isn't playing in like I would have hoped or it should be. I think this might be more of a psychological problem. It's time for me to refer you out. And so dietitians know that we're not the be all end all of every solution. We know that we might need to enlist some help from a psychologist or a doctor or a trainer just because somebody may not be exercising enough or maybe somebody has extreme anxiety and no matter what I do as a dietitian, it's really not going to help until that anxiety is fixed. We do this through all of our practice. So whenever you become a registered dietitian, they always say this term like you have to develop your clinical judgment, clinical judgment, clinical judgment, which basically just means when you don't know what to do, this clinical judgment kind of comes in. It's kind of like a sixth sense of seeing normal things all the time. And then all of a sudden something seems a little bit off. You use that clinical judgment to know, you know, something kind of funky is going on here because nutrition isn't answering things the way that I would think it would. And so when I have somebody like, for example, that may be with me for six weeks, they're really not losing any weight. They may obviously be gaining weight, even though they're on a calorie deficit, even though they're exercising a lot. It's time for me to say, you know, I think something underlying is going on here. I know you're working hard, but to me, this is starting to look like an endocrine disorder, or this is starting to look like you need to rebuild your metabolism instead of not build it. So instead of just continually taking away calories and say, okay, well, it's time to cut again, it's time to cut, it's time to cut, we know that you shouldn't have to keep cutting, cutting, cutting down to a thousand calories to see weight loss. Weight loss only needs to happen in a tiny deficit combined with all these other lifestyle factors. So if we're not really seeing a lot of improvements beyond that, it's time to enlist somebody else for help. One time I had a client and she was doing everything really well. She did have a really, really hard lifestyle. She 
traveled like every week for work, um, but we really made a lot of leeway on finding ways to fit her exercise in when she was at home at least a couple days a week. We were able to really increase her protein when she was at the airport and at different work functions, and we were able to increase her fruit and vegetable intake by what she chose when she went out to eat. However, she lost weight when she was with me, but then about like a month before we were supposed to be done, she's starting to kind of psych herself out with all of this weight loss. She was doing so well, all of her, like she was changing a lot of things, but then all of a sudden she started to kind of like revert back to how she was before the program started. And she started saying things like, I'm eating protein at breakfast, I am eating fruits and vegetables, but when I go out to eat with people, I just kind of want to eat as much as I can. A part of it is nutrition. A part of it is when I hear something like that, it typically means, okay, you're probably restricting it in another way. But after two months of working with her, I knew that she wasn't restricting because I could see her food diary. We practiced for a couple of weeks, you know, things that we could do, like, you know, just drink some water or, you know, try to um, make sure you eat a snack before you go in. But these things that she kept saying to me, like, I don't know why I feel like this, but I think they're going to judge me if I don't eat more. That I knew was a little bit funky and was way beyond my scope. And I'm not a psychologist, so I can't really recommend her to do some things. But what I told her was, you're doing everything you can nutritionally. We're getting you enough protein, so you're not as hungry anymore. But there's something still off with the way that you think about food, and it's time for you to go to a psychologist. She found a psychologist that really helped her with that kind of anxiety around eating, anxiety around food, in combination with the things that we had worked on, the nutrition interventions, and then her psychological intervention, she was eventually able to get to the point where she was able to lose weight. So that's just an example of how I knew she was trying everything she could for nutrition, but I was starting to hear that there was something a little bit off with how she thought about food, and I could refer her to somebody else that could really help because I knew that it was no longer something that I could help with. And so that's an example of how a dietitian can really see if there's something else going on so that you can actually get the help that you need and knowing that I'm not the only answer for you. The last reason that working with a dietitian can really help you to get more results is that we are going to value health. So because we have such a huge knowledge base in knowing anatomy and that hospital rotation and even most dietitians kind of have to do a um, rite of passage and spend like about a year working in the hospital, we know what happens when you don't take care of yourself nutritionally and how that leads into end-of-life care, whether it be um, cancers that could be prevented by nutrition or skin cancer or um, kidney disease, like I was saying, heart disease, diabetes, hypertension that leads to stroke or dementia, all of these different ailments that could have been prevented earlier on in life, dietitians are going to be more passionate about trying to combine a weight loss effort with being healthy at the same time. So I did a, a very long episode about this just before that you can listen to. But a dietitian is going to make sure that all of these practices are in place to know that you are being healthy along with weight loss. You don't have to be healthy when you lose weight. Um, that's when we kind of get into a dangerous territory. But a dietitian is going to kind of keep that in mind. So they're not going to let you take down your calories way low, or at least I hope they wouldn't, because that's not healthy. You're going to lose muscle mass, which you need muscle mass when you're later on in life to protect you from falls. Dietitians are going to make sure that you're also mentally okay. So they're going to make sure that you have a good relationship with food. That if you're saying things like that client was telling me, knowing that something's a little bit mentally off, we're going to know when it's time to maybe enlist the help of a psychologist 
or just say, hey, let's let's focus on another progress point besides weight right now while we kind of see what's going on with the weight. And then when it comes back down, we can maybe start looking at things like taking pictures or using your pants to measure how you are losing weight or something like that. They're going to focus on increasing the nutrient density of your diet by increasing fruit and vegetable intake. Make sure you're having enough water. Fruit and vegetable intake is a part of our program because it helps with so many different diseases. When it comes down to it, almost every disease can be prevented by eating a lot more fruits and vegetables. And so we definitely wanna make sure that's a part of any program or any intervention. You can lose weight without eating any fruits and vegetables. That's not really a part of weight loss. It definitely makes it easier for various reasons, but you can lose it without eating fruits and vegetables. But as a registered dietitian, I'm gonna wanna make sure you're healthy. So I'm gonna be also helping you to figure out ways to eat more fruits and vegetables in your weight loss plan. When your weight loss is healthier and more doable, then you'll stick with it and have better results for the long term. When something is too hard for you or you just don't feel very good because you just feel so gross and maybe lethargic, you're not going to stick with it. And so that's why having a dietitian help you with healthy weight loss is going to get you more results because you're going to want to keep repeating that intervention over and over again until you have this long-term weight loss. You're not going to want to keep up with anything that's not easy or doesn't make you feel good. Healthy weight loss should make you feel good and a registered dietitian can help you with that. A lot of times how this kind of plays out for our practice is when I take on clients for the team, I have to decide is this weight loss program going to be healthy for them or not? Because sometimes it's not for people who are already at a very low BMI. We're not going to help them to lose weight because it's going to make them unhealthy and I'll tell them that. So for example, um, recently I signed on a client who was already at a pretty low body weight. She wasn't like at a unhealthy body weight, but I didn't really feel comfortable taking her on and promising her that we were going to help her lose 10 pounds because I didn't really think she needed to lose 10 pounds. So I told her that in the call. I said, hey, you're already, already at a low BMI. You could probably lose, you know, maybe about like three to five pounds. But beyond that, it's just not going to be very healthy for me to continue to help you lose weight. But what I can do for you is really help you to just help your diet to be healthier overall. And we found out that she wasn't eating really any fruits or vegetables. Literally from the first day, we had to start with her just eating one vegetable a couple days a week because she really wasn't eating any fruits and vegetables at all. She decided to sign on with me, and so we kind of worked on that together. And we really did spend a whole three months just getting her enough fruits and vegetables so that she felt a lot healthier. And no, she didn't need to lose weight, but she felt so much better knowing that her diet was healthier, that she's going to pass on these practices to her kids and be able to share this journey with her husband and prevent some genetic diseases that her parents had that she could get even though she wasn't overweight. And so eating more fruits and vegetables would naturally prevent hypertension. So like high blood pressure will help her with any problems with high cholesterol that she may have. And so that's why working with a registered dietitian is important regardless of what your kind of like weight goals are because they're going to help you be healthier overall. And that's especially how we practice that at the Millennial Nutritionist. So what are you going to do with all of this information? Well, I have a couple of actionable tips for you. So first... Figure out where you're even getting your nutrition knowledge from. When you go on Instagram and if you have kind of like your go-to people that you listen to for nutrition information, look a little bit into their background. Are they registered dietitians or are they just certified nutritionists? Or are they kind of nothing and they just talk about nutrition all the time and they kind of have a six pack? You know, look into what they have and do some digging to see if they're registered dietitians. 
I think that you could definitely keep them on, but kind of question those people that aren't registered dietitians and to see if you really wanna be pulling information from them. Seek out some registered dietitians if you don't already follow them and see if you resonate with their message. A lot of times people tell me that our team really exudes this non-judgmental attitude. And again, I think it just goes back to all that education we had to have because we know how we have to give out realistic nutrition information for people to wanna listen to us and have long-term results. So that's why a registered dietitian is most likely gonna have a lot more of a realistic message compared to not because we just know what that's like. So look and seek out some registered dietitians on Instagram. You can definitely follow everybody from our team. Um, you can follow me, Lacey, you can follow Catherine and Jack. I don't think Courtney has an Instagram, but I put them on our stories from time to time and kind of see if you resonate with their message a little bit. And it might make you feel better to follow what they have to say, or at least like hear that daily compared to some other people you may be following. And then if you're really interested in losing weight, maybe just ask to reach out and speak to them. A lot of people do free discovery calls. We do free discovery calls. So you can kind of get a sense of, of what we're like as coaches. See if they have po different podcasts, see if they have YouTube videos, if they have Instagram, look at what they say on stories. Um, but really reach out and see if you can call them and just kind of get a sample of their counseling method and see if you really resonate with it because it's likely if you work with a registered dietitian, gonna get you better results, gonna get you more long-term results and just help you be healthier for the long-term. All right, well, I hope that gives you some insight onto who you should be working with for your weight loss. If you wanna do a one-on-one -on -one program, I think that is so helpful to help people stay accountable, but that means that you're at so much more exposure to that person on the other end of that. And so I hope I've kind of convinced you to seek out more registered dietitians to work with. So many different people offer weight loss solutions, but if you're looking for a healthy, long-term solution, then I would definitely recommend you go with a registered dietitian. Thank you so much for listening to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. For daily weight loss tips and nutrition information, you can find us on Instagram at the.millennial.nutritionist and on TikTok at millennial.nutritionist. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who needs encouragement on their health journey. See you in the next episode.